This week, Music Biz Weekly Podcast, amazing episode. We dig into influencer marketing. What do you got to think about when you're looking for and hiring influencers? And then short form vertical videos. Man, why, why it's so important to be on TikTok, Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, and don't forget about YouTube Shorts. Welcome to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, founded in 2011 and with over 500 weekly episodes where Michael Brandvold and Jay Gilbert, two longtime music industry pros, discuss the very latest trends, tools, and tactics that you need to succeed in this new music hey Everybody, business. welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm your one co-host today. Jay is out today. He's got some clients that he's got to deal with, so I am flying solo today. But wow, have we got a great interview and some great info this week on working with influencers and short form videos. Um, but before we uh, get started on that, just a quick shout out to Bruce and everybody at Hypebot and Bands in Town. Thank you for all your incredible support. And just a reminder to check out the Music Biz Weekly podcast on the Bands in Town artist community. You can find that at bandsintown.com musicbizweeklypodcast.com. That's a free form, open discussion for all people in the music industry, musicians, managers. Um, we've got our own little channel over there. Leave your questions, get into some great discussions every week around each episode that we're posting. Um, but shout out to discmakers.com, one of our sponsors. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musicians. Digital royalty payments can be so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts online and at gigs has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. That's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even t-shirts. So we put together a great little offer. Head over to discmakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out, make sure you use this promo code now. It's all one word, free biz. Use the promo code free biz, and you will save up to $150 in shipping costs. So we've got Sam from Inovo Management joining us this week, and we are talking all about influencers, how to hire them, how to work with them, what to expect. And we're talking all about short form vertical videos, mainly TikTok, but we do talk about Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, and YouTube Shorts. And, um, you know, why you've got to be creating that content. Why, you know, some tips and tricks for creating one piece of content using across all the platforms. This is a very informational, educational episode. So let it roll and we'll see you at the end. Thousands of musicians and industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship opportunities. Hey, Music Biz Weekly listeners. We are really honored to have Sam Sademan from Innovo Management join us this week. 
Um, Sam, before we jump into talking all about influencers and social media content and and that that nasty four letter word algorithm, more than four letters. It's a as 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 one of my old clients, Gene Simmons, used to say. That's a big word like gymnasium. Um, why don't you give us a little introduction, who you are, how you ended up where you are? Cool. Well, first, thanks for having me, Michael. Um, so my name is Sam Sademan. As you said, I was born in London, England, raised in New York, uh, immigrated to the States when I was seven years old. So, um, you know, lived in the States most of my life now. Um, fell in love with hip hop music when I was uh, growing up in New York and got kind of deep into like the battle rap culture of New York and um, how much there was like art and other things involved in that style of music. Um, started making music myself and at 19 signed an independent uh, record label deal. Um, and yeah, basically through that, uh, the money never came and consulted attorneys. And as the story goes for so many. I was going to uh, say, that's the story of so many artists. For sure. Yeah. And I just realized I was better at the business side. So um, took some time off, moved to Atlanta, sharpened my general business background. I was doing like door to door sales and freelance marketing and um, you know, various other things in real estate. Um, and then had an aha moment where I realized there was a business side to the music industry that wasn't just built on nepotism. Um, and yeah, in 2014, moved to Nashville, launched my company, Inovo Management. And it's taken many shapes over the years. So originally we were just a music management company, flashed to 2022, climbing out of a pandemic. We have four divisions of the business now. So we have music management, influencer management, uh, project management, where we do like music marketing services for everyone from independent artists to major label clients. Um, and then brand marketing division, which is our newest division, where we essentially work with brands to build their influencer marketing strategy. So let, let, let's focus this discussion on, on influencers and social media strategy and everything that goes with it. I think most artists are, are well aware of influencers, you know, that, that, that's, and it's not new. It's been around for many years, you know, the, the concept of getting an influencer to help spread your message and your brand has always been something that's been talked about. Um, I had a client many years ago before I started with them that had hired an influencing agency out of LA to build their social media presence. And, and I think the, the, the question I want to get to is there's a lot of unknowns, uncertainties, unknown expectations when it comes to dealing with influencers in, in the sense that a lot of people probably just think, oh, I'm just going to pay somebody who's very popular a chunk of money and they're going to, they're going to post about me and that's it. And then their followers are going to follow me. And, and I think that simple, that simple thought is a huge misconception. Am I correct in stating that? That's a misconception. Totally. To, yeah. You know, about what it is, how it works. Because um, my experience is just like anything that's involving marketing, you've got to find the influencer that's going to match your target audience and your market. Um, back to my past client, 
they had a heavy metal band and they hired a, an influencer who was an influencer in music. And they weren't influencers in heavy metal. They were influencers in pop and, you know, R&B and rap. And it's like, you're getting a bunch of crap. Basically, you're getting a bunch of useless followers because they're not the right target audience. So can you talk about, about that first step of, okay, you're interested in maybe using an influencer. What homework do you need to do? Yeah. So, I mean, I think even before then, um, let's talk about this. The world of influencers, you know, has changed drastically uh, over the past few years alone with the advent of TikTok and all these other short form video content um, platforms. Their influencers are a dime a dozen now more than ever, right? Because of the way TikTok algorithms are built, it's built on discovery. So people are creating content. They may have no strategy in what they're creating, no plan to be an influencer. And very quickly, they build a, a large audience and become influencers overnight, so to speak. Um, so the world of influencers has definitely changed drastically over the years. Um, but yeah, like like you were kind of chatting about with building target audience, we always try to look at like le- less about what content they're doing and more about who is following them and why. Usually those two things are conjoined, right? If, if they're making a certain type of content, chances are the people following them are there for that content. But every so often there's a creator who built a following in another way and then pivoted content and their fans are coming in from a different direction. So I think the most important thing and kind of what you were harping on, Michael, is like target audience is, is key to spending money in the space. Very quickly, you can dump tens of thousands of dollars. Yes. On, yes. That, 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 you know, my, my, my old, that past client probably spent $30,000 at a minimum, got a whole bunch of followers on their social accounts but, you know, when I was brought in, I was like, I, I hate to tell you this, but they're absolutely useless followers. Totally. Yeah, it's just inflated numbers. Yeah. And yeah. I think it comes down before all of that, too, to like what the goals of the campaign are for. So in what you're describing, your client was utilizing influencers to gain following. Whereas what we find a lot of the time is that the use of influencers is less about building like follower growth for an artist and it's more like stream growth or video growth or awareness growth, right? They're like utilizing influencers to promote a new song, some kind of trend, you know, something like that, pushing a pre-save link, whatever that looks like. So it's less about like gaining followers on an Instagram account or a TikTok account for a client and much more about utilizing these influencers to leverage their audience to get to know your product. um, If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Now, how important, you know, as, 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 marketing has developed over the years, it's also been very important to think about the niche. It's not always about just the sheer number of people an influencer has following them. They may have Especially a now. they may have a small number of people, but they're very, you know, influential in that totally. niche. You know, you could be an influencer with 10,000 followers, but because you're so respected within that niche, yeah. that's very valuable to your point of you're not looking to drive that influencers followers to follow you, which is, I think the wrong, as you said, it's the wrong way. A lot of people approach it. It's like, well, if I want a million followers, I need to find an influencer who's got a million followers so they can just transfer to me. Right. I think it always starts from 
building a content strategy for yourself before you invest any money and utilizing other people's following to drive to you, right? If you don't have a value proposition or things that like people can go to your page and say, oh, I get it. Or, oh, I want to consume this, right? Then why would they, even if you're spending money on influencers, all the influencer is doing is building awareness to you, but that they're dumping them in the funnel, so to speak. But if they're going to end up leaving the funnel and coming into your, you know, your world, um, there has to be something there that's intriguing to them. So I think it, before you spend any money in that space, it has to start from like building content for yourself and building a strategy for yourself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with the advent of TikTok, um, the world of influencer marketing has changed completely. There's so many ways at which you can attack it now. And, and you know, to your point, nano and micro influencers sometimes are a far more um, advantageous strategy than hiring these like hero or macro influencers, because A, you can do a lot more with a lot less. And B, if you can find the right hyper-targeted creators, they're in the right they're in the exact niche that you might need for your, to push your music or your brand forward. So let's, let's imagine somebody has made the decision they're going to find an influencer and maybe they've, whether it's working through somebody like you or, you know, they've just done their research online and found a handful of people that they think could be good matches for their, their, their strategy, whatever they want to promote. Um, do you recommend first having a conversation with that potential influencer to get them involved, to see if they can, if, if they quote, buy into what you're doing? Because I think that's the other fear a lot of people have is, okay, I'm paying an influencer $10,000, but if they don't believe in this in their heart, that comes through I mean, as we totally. all know yeah. in the online world now, everything is becoming so much more transparent and, right. and the followers of that influencer can tell in the, the tone, the voice, the message. It's like, oh, they just, they got 5,000 bucks to make this right. post. They don't really use this product. They don't really believe in this. They don't, totally. they don't care about it. Right. Is that sort of a first step to make sure that influencer actually cares believes yeah supports. i mean i think i think you know coming from like the brand side of marketing on tiktok especially from our end like we put certain levers or protection in place for those types of things so first is like once we're discussing the campaign and they're getting shipped product or whatever it may be when they're creating the video they're sending us a video draft right so it's not going from hire to post it's going from higher to content creation, content creation to us, we're reviewing that content and then sending them any edits. So that protects against what you're talking about. And this video looked like the, the creator didn't care. They weren't promoting properly. They seemed like they were, it was just a transactional relationship. So you always want to have that extra buffer in there where they're creating content to whatever kind of creative brief you're providing them. And then they're handing that content to you for you to review and determine like, A, are you okay with this? Or B, do you want edits done to it? And if so, what edits? Um, typically you get like two or three rounds of revisions included in the content. So um, so yeah, we always try to have that in there. And, and like you said, I mean, I think it's with TikTok, especially the way creators have grown, it's far less about the following and far more about the target audience, but also like who the followers are and um, what the average view counts are on the, on the um, creator's page. 
uh, I think that's far more potent than just hiring 5 million follower creators to do a dance around your song, but instead saying, okay, well, as an artist, what are things that align with me? You know, do I also cook? And I post about that on my page. Do I also play sports? And I post about that on my page. Well, if you do, let's just say sports, say you were a division one athlete and you now make music, blah, blah, blah. Now maybe it makes sense for you to hire some sports creators to promote your music because it, it aligns, it has affinities with what your brand and what your audience is. So there's certain ways to attack it, but I think where people have gone wrong with TikTok is they come in with a 10, 20, $30,000 budget and say, let's create virality. Right. And that's just an, uh, something you can't quantify yep. or grip your hands into. Well, yeah. And it's interesting you brought that up because Jay and I had a, a podcast just a few weeks ago where we basically said, you know, can you make something go viral? And the answer is absolutely no, you cannot right. make viral happen. Viral right. by its very nature happens on its own. Right. You can, you can do everything the proper way to help it happen, but right. that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. And, and you've got to be there to take advantage of something going viral the split second it happens, because as you know, viral may only last 24 hours and then it's gone. Right. And, it, and if you weren't paying attention, you missed your opportunity. You missed your totally. window. Yeah. And I mean, from the influencer side of our company, we get contacted all the time by artists and their teams to build content strategies for them around an influencer campaign. And it's like the one side of influencer marketing that we try to avoid touching. We'll do TikTok advertising. We'll do content calendars. We have 20 influencers that we manage who join other companies' marketing campaigns, right? And then we run campaigns for brands on, on the product side. Um, but we don't often do like full-blown music release campaigns where someone's like, hey, I have 10 grand, build a trend for me and put this campaign together. And the reason we don't do that is when we started having conversations with labels, the budgets were so low and the expectations were so high. And it's like, like you said, a lot of it was like, hey, we have like, you know, I'll leave the, the label out, but it was one of the big three. And it was like, we have a five grand budget for a very household name. And, uh, and I said, okay, cool. Like from a KPI standpoint, where would you like to be? And they said, virality. I was like, well, okay, let's what, what, is that? what does that mean? What does that mean? And then, you know, from a business standpoint, like if we can't latch onto something and like have clear targeted goals that, you know, we can see a path with the budget to getting there with the creative ideas to getting there. It's not something we can, we feel comfortable being a part of um, where we know the everything stacked against us from the jump, you know? So historically we've stayed away from running music campaigns on TikTok. We'll, our influencers join campaigns for other marketing companies, for other labels, um, but we don't run or spearhead the music campaigns. Are there, red flags that that an artist or even you know the artist manager should be looking for when dealing with an influencer or an influencer agency where yeah. it's like you know hey if if they're asking for this or they're demanding this or they're refusing to do that red flags red flag yeah. turn away totally um so the reason we got into the creator economy space was we had hired a couple influencer agencies to run campaigns for our clients, spent 10, 15 grand on these campaigns. And we watched them choose the wrong creators for the campaign. The creative brief wasn't really aligned with like what TikTok, how TikTok works and how it grow, how videos grow and 
and trends grow. And then also like the videos come out and the creators misspelled the hashtags that we were pushing. They linked the wrong sound, right? And that's just like, that's baseline expectations right. before anything else. So that's what pushed us to get in the space. Our whole uh, motto since day one, and it's on the wall behind me, but a little cut out of screen, says put the music first. So we just expanded that to put the art first, art being all encompassing of both musicians and content creators. And that's where we started managing these creators and realized we, we need to create a place that helps these, these folks as much as we help artists. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just such a strange space and you, you need to be educated when you go into it with money. And if you're not, then you need to hire someone that you trust to spend your money for you because it's a bottomless pit. You can go in there and very quickly spend a hundred thousand dollars with no outcome, you know? So there has to be a strategy to everything you do. Yeah. You know, and, and following up on that, back to that, that earlier client I had, you know, after I took over and I started digging into it, I went back to that influencer agency and I said, well, can you tell us who you targeted? And they refused to tell us the target audience. And I, I yeah. went back to the client and I said, that's a red flag right there. I mean, they're, they're hiding something. They don't want right. you to know something if they won't tell you who right. they targeted, where they went and targeted these people. Right. Um, you're spending money that you don't, you don't know if it's you. You don't even know if the money you're spending is actually being used for what you you hired them for, or totally. are they just giving you a, oh hey, we did our best, but it didn't work. Sorry. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think from the red flag side, like with speaking specifically on TikTok, it's it's a weird weird world where creators can kind of charge what they want. There's no like roadmap to how an influencer charges. So very quickly, we've seen creators with let's just say a million followers we have one creator with a million followers will take a campaign for five hundred dollars and we have the same uh, size same engagement rate uh, but different creator charging five grand right there's nothing different about them outside of their expectation on what they're willing to do for for a certain amount of money so very quickly you can spend your budget without uh having any sort of you know um uh data that's landing for you so, so that, I think that, that, like, that that sort of tells me you really need to kind of shop around too and be don't, aware. Don't, don't take the first person who you think right. is a good fit. Maybe right. you'll find another gr equally good fit that costs you half the money. Yeah. And on, and on TikTok, when, if you're trying to launch a trend on TikTok, like you really need to be hiring more than one influencer anyways. A lot of these campaigns, like they start at five grand through these companies and they'll get like seven to 10 influencers, seven to 12 influencers. In my opinion, there's power in, dividing that budget up into micro payments and getting way smaller creators, but launching a hundred, 200 uh, sure. nano creators or micro influencers. Um, I think that's more powerful and trying to build some kind of like ground game around it. But yeah, like anything, I mean, the more educated you are stepping into the space, the more impact you're going to be able to create and have um, with TikTok. So, you know, with these agencies, like I think the game's changed a little bit with what you were talking about with red flags, like with, with, TikTok marketing, most of it is pretty public. You have a pretty dashboard at all these companies that show you like who they're working with, what the video counts are doing, all the different data sets and data points, what they're spending, what their margins are. Um, so it's pretty transparent these days. But I think if I had to choose a red flag, it's just inflated price points uh, and trying to make sure that you're doing due diligence on what feels like a fair price point for creators. So you're not 
paying a creator two grand for something that they would have done for 200. Sure. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the content and creating the content, um, which is always, you know, even without working with influencers, creating content is the number one challenge for most artists. They just, they don't know what to create. They don't know how much to create. They don't know why to create it. Yeah. Um, you know, they usually need somebody to help them create them and give them directions. But add to that the challenge now of how these social media platforms are evolving so quickly. I mean, obviously, yeah. TikTok came into the scene. And, you know, other than, you know, expanding to 10 minute videos, for the most part, TikTok is still TikTok. It's still yeah. what we've always. Yeah. You know, there's little things you can do to your videos, but they're focused on one thing only. Right. And that's video content. Right. As opposed to dealing with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. And, right. you know, they're they're all these other platforms are, are jumping on the short video bandwagon, which, you know, I'm sure you, you, you will laugh at this too. If you've been around long enough, you're sitting here going, gee, what happened to vine? Wasn't this what vine was all about years ago? And vine was just ahead of the too early is what it was. They were just ahead of the curve. Um, but you know, so now everybody's jumping on the short vertical video format. Um, but you know, Oh, TikTok can be up to 10 minutes. Um, I think Instagram just increased theirs. Facebook yeah. hasn't yet. Oh, it's the same size as stories, but stories are shorter and they disappear. Right. The chat and oh, no, oh, YouTube shorts. How many people realize YouTube has their own version of this? Right. And it's actually, you know, if you believe the numbers out there, it's getting tremendous traction. Yeah. But people are like, what's a YouTube short? I, uh, nobody's ever, right. I don't see it popping up anywhere. So the challenge is in creating this content, how do you stay on top of all the ever-changing formats, requirements, enhancements yeah. from one platform to the other? You know, as I talk to a lot of artists who have very minimal time to create content, I'm like, you know, you want to try and kill many birds with one stone here. You create yeah. one piece of content that you can you can utilize over multiple platforms. Totally. Yeah. So you create a, 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 a short form vertical video that you post to TikTok, you post to Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, but you don't have the time to create unique ones for each one. So now you got to play right. to the lowest common denominator. All right, let's keep everything a minute or less. It works yeah. everywhere. Talk a bit about that. Totally challenge that exists. Yeah. And I think there's a misconception that like there are social media experts that are going to do the work for you. I tell every artist this at the end of the day, you're your own business owner. And if you don't have the budget to hire a team to shoot the content, then you have to do it yourself and you have to get over that, that like ego light switch, so to speak, where you just have to understand like, this is the way it works these days. It's no one likes it. No one likes the amount of content that creators or artists are having to make to be like the norm. That's just, it doesn't make sense, but it's just what 2022 is. And you either get left behind or you adapt. Right. Um, So what you're talking about totally. I mean, I think each platform has a certain amount of content that they prioritize a day and the way each platform, um, pushes content is completely different. So with Instagram, like if you're posting three times in a day, let's say on your feed, 
they're competing with one another because they're going mostly out to the people, a, a small percentage of the people who follow you, right? So you're stepping on your own toes and, and competing right. with yourself for engagement. With TikTok, it doesn't work like that. If the platform had it their way, and I've spoken to uh, our reps at TikTok, three to five times a day is what they recommend on their platform for best performance. And it's just because their content individually sources out to cold audiences and warm audiences. So every piece of content lives in its own um, algorithmic world, so to speak. So you don't compete with yourself. You just compete with what fits in that algorithmic world. Um, so each platform has, you know, it's, it's uh, best practices. However, what you were talking about, we recommend more than probably anything else on social media, which is create a piece of content off of the platform, create it on your cell phone, vertical video, short form under, under a minute. Um, and then upload to each platform individually and edit on the platform. So specifically with TikTok, if you were putting text on the video, yep. right, you're, you're going to want to edit it basically two times. So you'll shoot the video raw on your phone, and then you'll upload the raw onto TikTok, add the text on TikTok, link any sounds, blah, 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 on TikTok. That goes to TikTok. Then throw that video on iMovie or Canva or Final Cut or give it to a videographer and do the same text, not via TikTok and then use that for Instagram reels, for YouTube shorts, all these other platforms. And I see it time and time again, I see creators post on TikTok and then the same, they repost that same video on Instagram reels, except it has a TikTok watermark on the video on Instagram reels and Instagram are never going to prioritize something. That's well, I was just, I was just going to say that platform. that's something that that's been coming up over the last few weeks now is that Instagram is going to be, you know, their algorithm is not going to show favoritism to people right. who just post a TikTok video. They want original. Right. Now, frankly, it could be the exact same video Identical. you post on TikTok. Yeah. It just doesn't have the TikTok stamp on it. Right. And right. it will get the algorithm will give that video preference over a TikTok. And it's the same as anything. I mean, if you remember when Facebook was still super popular for music marketing, it was like anytime you drove to another platform, it pushed the content that, down. That, that's why, yeah, that's why Facebook eventually stopped letting you play YouTube videos. Right. They wanted you to upload right within a, the, a native the stream. video. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's the same thing. And I so I tell artists like shoot on your phone or shoot with a camera guy or whatever, and then edit it on iMovie or Final Cut or Canva or wherever for all the platforms except for TikTok and then put that raw content on TikTok and edit it on the TikTok app for, for TikTok posting. So you're, you're taking the same content and just repurposing it. Um, and it'll allow you to reach so many more people with the way Instagram reels right now are prioritizing co original content. As you were saying, like you post on, on Instagram reels and the view counts are insane. Oh, I, right? I know. And, I know. I mean, I was, yeah. I, I've been telling people, I'm like, you know, face, not talking TikTok here. If you're just talking Facebook and Instagram Reels, which you right. can't ignore because if you follow what's going on, Mark Zuckerberg has basically made Facebook's priority to just we're copying TikTok. We are going right. after TikTok. And that means yeah. prioritizing reels. Yeah. And yeah, you'll you'll post a reel to Instagram and the views on that. Yeah, they're insane. Our speed far, far, are, are far greater than just posting a native video as a regular Instagram. Post. Totally. I mean, it's, and now, yeah, it's and amazing. To combat that thought a little bit, we that we don't know how much of that is actual like true engagement mm -hmm. per se, but the views are great. Um, the views you're are totally great, right? 
and, well, and it just helps boost confidence for artists i've noticed because like i'll have a creator and they're really reluctant to start building this like consistent short form strategy and i'm like just trust me post on tiktok every day you don't have to do three to five times a day for now let's build into that let's do you know five a week or one a day and repost those as well on ig reels and youtube shorts or at the very least just instagram reels as well and then they'll post one on instagram reels and the views will be like ten thousand, and they'll be like, oh and suddenly they're excited about it so even if it actually isn't ten thousand true unique eyes and they might just be swiping past it for a second well i was still I was, motivating i was, was going to say you know one thing as we've always known in traditional video plays, every platform counts a play differently. Meaning how many seconds, like Facebook, I think it, it's three seconds is right. considered a play. YouTube is what, 30 seconds? Yeah, Spotify's tick, 30 tick, seconds. Tick, yeah. TikTok, a play is the second it shows up on your screen and you flick it by, right. not even to watch it, that's a play. Right. So, so Yes, that encourages you to create content because I, I said the same thing. I had a client that wasn't a music client. It was a, um, a convention. Yeah. And, you know, they never had a TikTok. I built them a TikTok page, uh, you know, a month before the event. They had no followers. They got up to around a thousand followers, just enough. So you could now put your URL into the bio and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but they were getting some of their TikTok videos, 150,000 plays on them. And I was just Great. like, you know, this is TikTok. This illustrates why TikTok is so different than all these other platforms because right. Facebook, Instagram, they all so much still rely on the followers you've built up. Right. And, I just and, wrote, I just wrote a piece to, or I just, a piece just came out today that I wrote for Hypebot about the same thing um and i i kind of included in there two two examples that i work with in my world that were very different but both built something pretty unique for the client and i can share them if it's useful to the people listening um the first is my my artist danny g danny was a division one soccer player at belmont university um and we launched his music career i believe in 2019 was making good headway, but didn't have that like massive spike yet. Um, TikTok came out. He started posting sports related humor, right? Because he has that affinity. He played three varsity sure. sports. He played division one soccer. His, his uh, music has lyrics about sports in it. So he started posting on TikTok. And then he realized like, this is easy to me because I'm just going to the basketball court with my camera guy and shooting content. And like, I don't have to strategize and it doesn't feel overwhelming. So we launched something this year called 10K in 22, and it's an initiative we're running, and it's 10,000 pieces of content in the year 2022. So it's 27 posts-ish a day um, for everyone's math, uh, everyone who's sitting at home with a calculator app. Sure. Um, and we started this year with, I believe, 11,000 roughly on Instagram and 100,000 on TikTok, flash to June, so midway through the year. Uh we're at over almost 900,000 on TikTok and over 28,000 on Instagram. That's power and content right there. And, and purely all that is, is just like, he's used, he realized that like mass amount of content is powerful. And so he's leveraging that and he's found these worlds that work for him and don't feel exhausting to him. And so he's been doing that. And then the other example is kind of the opposite of that. It's like, instead of mass um, posting and in, in like a broader niche is uh this um, classical composer named Kelsey Woods in Santa Monica. Kelsey um, doesn't post 
five times a week. She doesn't post three times a week. I believe she posts like a couple times a month, but she's built this really weaponized audience in a really unique way. She fell in love with the book series, A Court of Thorns and Roses, Akatar. And she, she realized there was no medium outside of the book anywhere in the world. So she started scoring little scenes from the book uh, just for fun, like a, just a side project. And then she realized like, oh, I should shoot these and post them on TikTok. Started posting them. She got this highly uh, weaponized audience of like Akatar obsessed book readers fell in love with their music because it created a new vertical to their their book that they love, their book series that they love. Now they're able to digest it in a different medium than they ever would have in the past in this auditory way. And so she's got like 45,000 followers on TikTok and they're all obsessed with what she does. It's now trend, it's now turned into um, Reddit threads about her. She now puts the music out on Spotify just as like a, if you want to consume it beyond this like 30 second video, here's the full song. The first release of those or the second release has like 800,000 streams already. She had no music following really outside of family and friends before this. And it's not this like massive 800,000, 900,000 thing like Danny. It's a very hyper niche, hyper specific audience. But she realized um, that she had a love for this book and just used what she was good at to provide something useful to that community. Um, and it works extremely well. It's it's honestly overwhelming how her audience digests her um, content. So yeah, you know, two it, very it, opposite ways. It 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 seems to me that TikTok. Well, obviously, we know TikTok in a sense is not really a social network platform like right. Facebook or Instagram. It's an entertainment platform, right? But it's also a platform where your content will reward you even if you don't have followers yet right you know all the other platforms pre-tiktok were basically built on you can post content but if you've got no following you're talking to nobody it's a right. vacuum it's empty which is disheartening and difficult to keep pushing people to create content when they create right. it and there's very little response and little response and little response over on the TikTok side, you can create this content that's unique, that captures an audience, and that content brings you the followers on TikTok. Right. Then. It, right. it will accelerate your growth. So it's basically designed to reward content creation as opposed to the other social networks were all built on building your audience behind you, build an audience. Right. Now, Granted, there's still it's still important to have an audience, but to your point, it's it's encouraging for artists to sit here and go, "Oh wow, yeah, I just posted this video on TikTok. I've got 200 followers, and it got 500 plays." Right. Yeah. You know that that little bit is enough to encourage people to keep creating. Totally. It's yeah, tough to keep I'm, creating on the other platforms when nothing happens. Agreed for sure. I always kind of like to lay it out to clients like this. Instagram is like your resume, right? It's where everything you're posting is very brand aligned. It's perfectly curated. It's made in a way where a label or an, uh, a, an outlet or uh, a potential tour opportunity can go to your profile, look at you and understand exactly who you are and what you do. TikTok is a little less doesn't need to be as professional. In fact, it shouldn't be. It should be more organic and, and um, you know, at, at a fan level. Um, 
and the content has to feel authentic to the platform. And that's where I see artists go wrong. They chop up their music video and they post it on TikTok. That kind of content doesn't work on the platform. People, this new like Gen Z audience, they don't react well to advertisements. They want stuff to feel organic. So there's a way to build the content on TikTok. So it feels organic. It feels authentic, but you're still pushing them somewhere, right? Creating a hook as we call it, right? Something that's going to keep them on the video and then a call to action, something that drives them somewhere to do something. Um, but time and time again, I see artists like getting, posting their music video content on there because they're so worried about like rolling their sleeves up and getting into this like DIY space or they feel it's corny. There's a niche on the platform for everyone. I firmly believe that. Look at the story I told about Kelsey Woods. She was just a book reader who composed music and turned that into a weaponized audience who now loves her music, right? That was such a random thing that she probably never thought up prior to that. So there's a world for everyone on the platform. And I think you just have to be willing to spend time, do research, live on the platform and test things out. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's amazing, simple advice. You just gotta, gotta keep testing. You gotta live there. You gotta do stuff. TikTok is one of those things where don't overthink it. Just, 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 just do it. Um, You know, it's almost, it's almost the the perfect throw it against the wall platform and see what sticks. Right. You're you're gonna get rewarded if it sticks, and if it doesn't stick, guess what? Nobody saw it. Right. The the algorithm pretty, pretty the algorithm risk. didn't pick it up and show it to anybody. So right. if it fails, nobody saw you failing. Right. Pretty low risk. Agreed. Pretty low. Pretty low risk. And and for the most part, TikTok, from a social media management standpoint is simple when you compare yeah. it to all the other platforms it does as we talk it does one thing it's vertical right. videos right. right yeah you can do people a little fancy. connect with artists people want to connect with artists in that like uh intimate way like i think the the days of like artists being elusive and like hard to get in touch with and hard to hear from is gone like people want them to hold their phone up and film themselves talking to the camera and learn about their lives or what they're doing. People want that side of the coin these days. So I just think it's like, it's created a new lane for big artists and small artists to showcase what their lives are like beyond this tailored, perfect world. You know, and the, and the last thing I would say about TikTok before we wrap up here is there's a huge misconception. And I will say, you know, for, for a few years, I even bought into it that the demographic for TikTok was young. If you were an older artist, older demographic fan base, don't worry about TikTok. They're not there. Well, I can tell you firsthand that's absolute bullshit. You know, the, the, let here, the, the event I talked about promoting was, um, and it may not even mean anything to you was for Sid and Marty Croft, who in the late sixties and early seventies created Saturday morning TV shows like HR Puffin stuff, Lidsville, the mm-hmm. Bugaloos, very, very trippy and crazy Saturday morning TV shows. Now, the demographic yeah. of that audience, 50 plus years old. And I set them up on TikTok. And again, 150,000 video plays you know, yeah. with it within, within a week and yeah. not just video plays, but incredible engagement of comments totally. coming in because yeah. it was like, Oh, wait a second. 
there's 50, 60 year old people discovering this on TikTok. So don't tell me TikTok is only for young pop stars, young rap stars. I, you know, I, one of my clients is Blackie Lawless and the band Wasp and a band that's been around 40 years. Right. We didn't have TikTok. I put them on TikTok. They're getting 20,000, 50,000 video views on, on some of their clips on there. Yeah. And clearly, it's an audience that's not right. a younger demographic. So, right. so I, I would say don't, don't buy into that sort of stuff. You've got well, to be, basically, you got to be there. Narrative, right? Yeah. And it's easy to get caught up in that narrative as an artist. I understand it. It's like, it feels like a mountain of information. Everyone is sharing the same information about, like, you need to post on TikTok. And artists are like, well, I don't want to do that. And and it's corny and my world's not on there. And I always combat that with this thought, like not utilizing TikTok to promote your career would be like putting your music out only on SoundCloud. It's like, why, why would you not utilize yeah. everything? You want to be found everywhere people might look for you. Yeah. TikTok has democratized the, the music industry. It's allowed independent artists to get the best opportunity without spending money of shining through quickly than ever before in my opinion so why would you not utilize that you know and especially if if you've already bought into something like instagram or facebook and you're creating that vertical video for those platforms just just post post the same post that same video over there yeah you will be probably very surprised at how yeah. it's received on TikTok versus the other totally. platforms. It doesn't have to be this overly professional content calendar. So some people prefer that. They just can't ideate the ideas and that's fine. But it doesn't have to be this over the top, like strategize what my short form content is. Just document your life. What are you working on? What are you feeling right now? What are some old songs that you've been a part of well, that mean something to you? Yeah, right? it, it could be stuff as simple as, you know, the behind the scenes video clips that you shot right. filming your video or in the studio. Yeah. Um, right. You know, somebody was in there. You know, it used to be years ago, somebody was filming you with an iPhone and they forgot to rotate the phone and everybody would yell right. at them. God damn it. Right. I can't use it. You didn't rotate <laughs> the phone. Right. Well, now, guess what? Don't rotate the phone. Right. That's the perfect video dare. content. Right, right. It's raw. It's it's real. It's honest. It's great for, you know, you want to record a sit down in the studio and record a video clip sharing the story behind that song, behind the yeah. lyrics, whatever it is. You know, one minute, just one minute. Why? What? What does this song mean to you? Why did you write this yeah. song? Yeah. Post it, and right. and 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 I, I know people will find they're going to get some incredible response from doing that. Yeah. It's, it's just and, a matter now of, of, it's almost like, for me as a marketing person, it's getting other media outlets to adopt those platforms as right. well. Right. You know, oh, you, you, you're, like, you're a blogger, you're a reviewer. Do you post video reviews on TikTok? Oh, I don't have a TikTok yeah. account. Well, geez, I could get you some great content if you right. had one. I'll, right. you know, I, I've, I've been doing that. I've reached out to a bunch of media outlets. I'm like, if you've got reels or TikTok, I will give you a dozen video clips from an artist that you can right. just share once a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's free exposure and it benefits them. They don't have to create content. They don't. Yeah, yeah. somebody's giving you the content to create. You just post it as an artist. Yeah, you're getting exposure into another platform yeah, and another totally. another user base. 
And um, I think like, you know, like it allowed, like artists these days don't want to just be artists. They want to talk about things that are beyond the music industry. They may not have done that 20 years ago, right? They may not have done that five years ago, but with the advent of TikTok, it's allowing artists of all ages, all demographics to come on there and say, I'm also very passionate about this. I'm also very passionate about this. Here's a look inside my life. Oh, did you know that this famous artist loves to cook? Well, now maybe they're posting cooking content on their TikTok. That's a great inside look into an artist that you were a fan of and had no idea, right? right. And then back to your to your last point, um, the nostalgia play. That's working like crazy on TikTok right now where everything's like on a 10, 20 year back cycle with songs that that were huge 10, 20, 30 years ago are suddenly huge again through TikTok's algorithm. Yep. Um, and I'm seeing that left and right. So yep. you're totally... Totally on the head. I don't think it's just uh, Gen Z audience anymore. No, not not anymore. It it goes it goes all the way back. I mean, and listen, if if you explore enough as a user, you're going to see plenty of 40, 50, 60 year old people creating and posting their own content on TikTok, yeah. which tells me they're having fun on it. And where people yeah. have fun, that's where you want to be. And totally. again, it comes down to I'll, I'll I'll kind of wrap it with this. It was like just a week ago. I think it was the the CEO of TikTok who basically said, you know, we're not competing with Facebook. They're completely different than us. They're a social yeah. network. We are yeah. not, we don't see ourselves as a social network. We yeah. are an entertainment destination, right. which if you look at honestly how you use TikTok yourself, yeah, you can sit there and just like you might binge watch Stranger Things, you can yeah. binge watch TikTok just yeah. as easily swipe yeah. swipe swipe and yeah. three hours later you're like crap i gotta make dinner right. that doesn't happen on the other platforms totally yeah yeah you're totally right um sam uh this was awesome and man we didn't even really dig into a lot about the algorithm but that in itself could be hours of discussion just talking <laughs> about algorithms for sure for um sure. where can people find you online if they've got yeah. more questions they want to see what you're doing yeah. My personal Instagram is where I post most of my updates and that's Sam, the manager underscore. Um, so I'm posting on there regularly, uh, Twitter, it's Sam Sademan. And then if you search a Novo management, you'll find us on, on all platforms and places. Awesome. Sam, this was an incredible conversation. And Likewise. I, I think the takeaway here is you got to be creating short form vertical video content. And don't feel pressure like you got to create something unique for each one, create one video and just start posting it everywhere. And as you get, this is what I always tell people. Once you get comfortable with the workflow, then you can start getting more creative and expanding, but you got to get, you got to get comfortable at least one post a day is what you need to get yourself into. Right. Starting it is half the battle. And once you're, once you're off to the races, it's, it's easy. Sam, thank you so much. This was a, a, yeah. a great pleasure. Thanks, Michael. Visit discmakers.com to place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out, use promo code FREEBIZ and get free shipping up to a $150 value. Wow, what a what an amazing conversation with Sam. Um, all about, mainly about TikTok, but we did touch Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts. But basically... Um, you know, short form video, ver- short form vertical video, people, that is what is taking off right now. And if you are not creating content 
in that format, you need to seriously look at your content strategy and what can you start creating and start posting content, TikTok, Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts. And guess what? The same video clip can go across all those platforms, which makes it much easier for you to manage it. Um, but you just got to dive in and you got to start doing doing this 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 TikTok especially. Um, don't overthink it. Get in there. Um, if you're looking at influencers, maybe reach out reach out to Sam. Um, you know, influencers can be very valuable, but you know, as we talked early on, you've got to do your homework and you've got to understand what they're going to do, how much you're spending, what the target audience is. Don't just think you're going to go in and dump a few thousand dollars and get a ton of followers because that's just not how it works anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, I would, what I would love to hear from our, our viewers and our listeners, head over to our community on Bands in Town. Head over to bandsintown.musicbizweeklypodcast.com. And I want to know, are you using TikTok, Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, or YouTube Shorts, any or all of them? How are you using them? Where are you finding the most success? Just share the feedback because trust me when I say there's a lot of artists out there that know they need to be there. They just don't know what they should be doing. And you sharing your experience is going to help. So head over to the artist community on Bands in Town. Search for the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. Leave your uh, homework answer about using reels. And do you have experience with influencers? That's another big one. Have you used influencers? I would, I know I personally would love to hear some feedback from people who've worked with influencers. Was it good? Was it bad? What did you learn? What would you do differently? Um, that's it, everybody. Jay will be back with us next week. Quick shout out. Thank you to Bruce and everybody at Hypebot and Bands in Town. And of course, to our sponsor, discmakers.com. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Visit musicbizweeklypodcast.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. For Music Biz Weekly, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.